You're listening to the Fantasy Football Astronauts. And welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Football Astronauts. I'm your host today, Guy Fieri. You can catch me on Twitter at FF underscore Flavortown. Um, Jetpack Galileo could not join me this week. So we have the wonderful ladies of Ball Blast, Kate and Michelle. Um, you can catch them on Twitter at FF Ball Blast and at Ball Blastum, E-M at the end. Thanks for coming on the show. I'm excited to have you on. We were uh, I wanted to have you on a long time ago, but we had to wait until Brooks was kind of out of here to, uh, to to really have you guys on. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're excited. Yeah, we're going to talk some rookies, which like shout out, you guys have the best film room. Oh, I, yeah. Like love, love, love what you guys have accomplished. It's so easy to use. That's the best part. It is oh, so my. easy to use. So fast. Oh, yeah. So good. You guys and build it. Oh. you can go to the TV from your Mac to the TV. Super yes. easy. Oh, yeah. One button. Love it. I oh, love yeah. technology it's, so much. <laughs> it's the best. We uh, we added Ryan Keeney every single time the the draft room, the film room gets brought in. You got to bring up Ryan Keeney. He's the absolute mastermind behind that. Just unreal, unreal what he does. I have no idea how he did all of that stuff. It just kind of one day showed up on our website. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's been it's been such a cool tool. Um, so yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you guys like it. And uh, you guys have had a lot going on in the past year. Do you want to kind of fill in our audience with, with everything that's been going on with you two? Yeah. Uh, so we've been working on our, our website and sort of growing out our brand. So uh, we started with the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. We're still doing that show. We just added on uh, Jake Trowbridge, who's been such a fun addition, uh, really livens that show up, which if it's not alive enough already with the two of us, it's really alive now. So it's super fun. Uh, we've got a really good team of writers like over at Ball Blast Football. They're absolutely incredible and just grinding literally nonstop. Shout out to them. Uh, I quit my nursing job in October for anybody that needs that little inspo. Uh, I, I quit a, a very comfortable nursing job <laughs> to do like sports stuff. So it's possible everybody Go to your dream. Yeah. Michelle, tell them about you. I just yeah. quit my recruitment job for nurses. Yeah. I recruited nurses and I will be working full time with the NFL Network uh, as a researcher and behind the scenes on their network shows. So that's very exciting. And then just uh, focusing on keeping to grow Ball Blast. Yeah, it's been that's... a really weird couple of years. Oh yeah. yeah. You guys have, I mean, it felt like, it felt like from the get go, you both. And I think, um, I think Kate, we, we kind of started right around the same time. I, I think you got on Twitter right around the same time I got on and just like the hard work that both of you put in was so apparent and, um, and not that it, it was a job for you, but you could tell that, that it was something that you were working towards. And, and it's been really, really cool to, to watch kind of the evolution um, and, and the growth and the transformation there. And despite all the, despite all the uh, good or bad things, you didn't let it sway you at all and, and kept pushing and, and to see where you both are at now, it's awesome. Super, super cool. Um, make sure you go follow them. If you do not already, I can't imagine you don't. Um, but, but yeah, super, super inspiring and, and awesome to see, uh, kind of where you guys started and, and where you're at now. So 
feel like um, we could just end the show there. Right. <laughs> Let's end it on a Yeah, thank you for all of those really wonderful things. That's like it's so sweet. But once we start talking about these prospects, people are going to be like, "Oh, oh yeah, Lord." I hate these <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, dive into the rookies. <laughs> let's let's talk about the rookies. Um, we'll try not to say anything too controversial, right? Um, we're, <laughs> Do you the, know the us? Thing, <laughs> the thing, the thing, the thing with the rookies is. I mean, there's, there's some guys that people love and some guys that people love to hate. And I think I picked out a couple, um, to talk about today that, that are pretty, uh, polarizing and I'm, I'm really interested to see what, uh, what you two think, because I'm more often than not, I find myself on the wrong side of the Twitter argument or the Twitter discussion with some of these guys. So, uh, so I'm hoping, hoping we can have some good, good discussion here. Um, let's start off. And I think, probably the the biggest um and this running back class isn't super exciting for me um but the the most polarizing rookie running back for me is Travis Etienne and you look at his his talent profile and the statistics and the the speed and the size and and everything is there from a numbers and if you don't watch any film everything is there from a numbers and then anyone that watches his film kind of falls out of love with him. And for years, I've been trying to, I want to love Travis Etienne. I want to find reasons to, to really like this guy because he, it, what he's done at Clemson has been incredible, but for he's just not doing it. He's ending up outside of my top five rookie running backs consistently when, when I go back to the, the film. Where do you two kind of fall on, on Travis Etienne? Because I know you, have a, you, you both have a definite type of running back and and I'm not sure that that uh, that he falls into that category. He definitely does not for the type of running back that we like to watch. And I would want on my actual like favorite NFL team. I am going to be used to calling him Etienne because I still call him the the not correct Etienne. I know that he told everyone the right way to say it. So I'll start practicing today. But with Etienne, he so I think he's going to be a very solid or even great fantasy running back. I just don't like his running style. I don't think he's a very good rusher. He like his player profile comp is DeAndre Swift. I felt the same way about him last year. I I knew he could be used in the passing game. He's that breakaway home run hitter. So he's going to have those big runs. He's going to have those big plays. But when you just need those three to four yards, five yards, like that's not really what he's going to do. And I don't like that for an NFL team at all. I, I, you know, if you're going to compare him to someone where like you're saying he has a ceiling, right? Like I'm not comparing their playing styles at all, but if you're talking about ceiling and fantasy football, you can look at a Saquon Barkley type where he gets a lot of those breakaway runs, but he doesn't really get those easy yards. He won't just take the easy yards. He's always going for that home run hit. And I don't like that. So I've actually been on record saying like, I wouldn't want Saquon Barkley on my NFL team. Like, it's just, I don't care about the breakaway runs. You need to be consistent. And if you get negative one yards and one yard all of the time, like it really hurts your team. So I wouldn't want my favorite team to draft Etienne, but I'm fine with him in fantasy. He's my running back three. Yeah. Like look at Etienne and think, you know, if I'm in a league that maybe awards points per first down, like he's not that kind of grinder that I want on my team, but I do have to say, so like I agree across the board. I think all of us are in the same boat of just not being in love when we're watching the player. But like you said, we have all of the metrics, like statistically he, he checks all of the boxes. He ran a four, four, one. 
he he shows that speed on the field. But I think one of the more understated uh, things about Etienne in this class in particular, this is a really small running back class. It feels like all of these running backs are just small humans in general. Like mm-hmm. either they don't have the weight, they don't have the height, or they don't have both. Um, and Etienne's probably one of the, uh, I would say, four guys that I really think could handle like a full three down back role in the NFL and and do that full time. Um, there's just, there's lots of players I love watching in this class, but do I think all of them are capable of handling that like workhorse kind of role? No, but. And we it, did see when the offense slowed down this year, he did as well. So yes, he had two really great years in his sophomore and junior year, but that was when they had T Higgins and they had just Justin Ross, like the defense has had to worry about so much. Uh, so it just mm-hmm. gave him more space to work. Once that went away, I mean, he still had Trevor Lawrence, but you saw him not be as explosive as he just, my biggest gripe with him is he just refuses to take what's given to him. He always tries for more. And a lot of times that backfires on him. Sometimes it's great, but you can't have all those backfires. It's going to kill an offense. Absolutely. And I think my my two comps for him would be like a, a Miles Sanders or a Marlon Mack, where you're going to have those those huge chunk plays. And so in a, in a best ball or even a, a Scott Fishbowl where you get um, where you get like points for bigger plays, uh, th- those types of formats where you get rewarded for a 50 yard run, he's going to rip off some of those just because he's a freak athlete. But what you see when you turn on the film is he's constantly trying to bump to the outside um, he doesn't quite have the vision to navigate, just like you were saying, Kate. He, he doesn't have the vision to um, navigate the, uh, the 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 power run schemes. He's a, he's an outside zone. He's a um, or, or sorry, Michelle. He's a, he's an outside zone type runner and um, really tries to bounce it outside and beat people with speed and that's okay when you're playing in college because you can be a better athlete than everyone. Uh, you, you saw that with Marlon Mack um, too coming out of college. He, he constantly tried to bump it outside and get the edge. That works well sometimes. It's not going to work consistently in the NFL. And so, so you'll have big games. You'll have 25-point games from him, but you're also going to get duds where, where you're going to get a three-point game or he's, he's not going to get the carries um, because the, the, the game strip script doesn't go that way. Um, so... I think I think you both nailed it, and we're we're all pretty much on the same page. I'm I prefer a different style running back. I prefer a similar style running back to uh, to both of you, and um, and Travis Etienne does not fit that mold for me. So yeah, best ball best ball. I'm going to be all over him. Um, I, I think you you have to, and especially because he's going to be a rookie, he'll be way cheaper. Um, and, and some of these these other startups, he'll be uh, where, where you get rewarded for the big plays, but just kind of for the the cost that it's going to take for, for to to get a top three running back, I'd rather take a shot on one of these wide receivers that I think is going to be a more consistent fantasy producer. Oh um, yeah, it's going to be really hard to take them in that first half of a first round of a rookie draft when you have Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts or even Devonta Smith yes. sitting there. Even deciding between Rashad Bateman and Etienne would be a hard choice for me. So I'm sure he wouldn't be on many of my teams unless he falls into that really, really late first round or top of the second. Then at that point, he's a good value. Right. 
And, and there are a couple offensive schemes um, that I wouldn't mind him in, although they do use more of a, a committee role. Um, San Francisco, although I don't think That's he'll end up there. That's my dream spot for him. Right. Would be so that would, I would be all over him there. I would be all over him there because at that point you you see everything that Raheem Mostert's done and and it, it kind of fits that offense really well. So um, I think I think Travis Etienne has incredible upside, but the inconsistency there is gonna gonna keep me off of him. Um, the other the other really um, polarizing running back that I found is Chuba Hubbard, and I've just now started pronouncing it Chuba and not Chuba because Chuba was just really really a fun name to say. Um, I think he should change it, honestly. Like I, I really I think, think so. he should. It's such the a better first, name. Absolutely. The first time I read it, I was like, oh yeah, Chuba Hubbard, easy. Yeah. Nailed it. And absolutely <laughs> not. But uh um what are what are your guys' thoughts on on Chuba? Because um he's another one of these guys that had a, a pretty early breakout, has has some pretty good stats. Um to to early on to kind of back up his uh his draft stock but he started to fade off there he doesn't really fit the uh the, the typical workhorse um size i'm i'm he's another guy that people really love and i'm having a hard time falling in love with him so for me um i i really like him and he's one of those other uh similar Similar to Etienne, he's one of those guys that I do think is capable of handling a, a decent workload. If we're like ranking out these wide, uh, these running backs in this class of like who is capable of handling a big workload, he's going to be near the top of the list in this class for me. Um, you know, it's we, just because there's not a lot. Oh yeah, there's yes. not a lot, but absolutely. Um, you know, I think it's so disappointing because I I really loved watching him in 2019. But the issue is that I, I mean, I think he made a really big mistake going back to school this season. Like that was terrible. Because when I look at and I I consider where would he be drafted if he came out in 2019, he would have been much higher. I mean, statistically, he ranked uh, third in in total touchdowns. Uh, tied with J.K. Dobbins in his final season at Ohio State. Uh, he had 49 runs of 10 or more yards, was fourth behind Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins. He's got speed. He's got a really complete profile. I think he could um, gain I, some in size. But I don't even want to blame too much of the 2020 season. You know, he was dealing with an ankle injury, and then he opted out early. Like, I just think of it was a mess of a season for him. So I don't. Obviously, we have to look at the season and say, okay, what what, what, went wrong? What was he not doing well? And there were some issues with his running style. But a lot of that could have been about the ankle injury. Like, we can we can put that on that. When you're looking at or 1999, I almost called it. Wow, we're very <laughs> far away from there. When you're looking at 2019, Chuba did his thing. And it's not just a small thing that he did over the past 20 college seasons. Only six running backs have had a season of 2,000-plus rushing yards and 20-plus rushing touchdowns in a Power 5 conference because there's a lot of conferences that are just stinky. But in a Power 5 conference, and those six running backs are Larry Johnson. He was a pretty good running back. Melvin Mm -hmm. Gordon, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, and Chuba Hubbard. So he did something that no other running backs are really doing. Like, it's very rare. So I don't want to just take that away from him because of this down season due to an injury, due to just opting out. He is a world-class sprinter. He actually, you know, he got fourth place 
in a world youth championship when he was like 16. I did not Our know place. that. Do you have it? Do you have his hundred meter time or I his 200 meter time? I don't. I, I got I to look that one up. <laughs> yeah. Apparently he's like a Canadian national champion as well wow. in the hundred in the hundred uh, meter three times, not just once. He did it three times. He was the champion. So, I think he's just a really, I think he's a well-rounded prospect. And I think, um, and the difference between him and Etienne is he's a decisive runner. And I like that. He just hits the hole when you need him to, you know, the biggest thing that we could be worried about with him is he has limited usage as a receiver. So that's why I think Etienne's a little bit safer in that way in fantasy. But if my Steelers, I'm a Steelers fan for those listening, if they're going to take a running back, I would so much rather take Hubbard in the third or fourth round than even think about taking Etienne in the first or second round. And going back to the point of like, who do I trust to get the first down? I would take Chuba like 10 times out of 10. Yeah, same. No, and and it feels like um, he'd be sort of uh, like an Anthony McFarland upgrade for that offense, you know, and and not that, not that they're the same player or anything, but, um, that I think that would be a really great fit, um, on the Steelers because, because you already, you already have the excitement of you want an explosive runner. They've kind of had these, these grinders recently and and to have someone with that track speed, um, would be, would be excellent. We made Um, Willie Parker a thing. Remember that track speedster? (laughs) And he was undrafted because he wasn't all that talented, but he had the speed and we made him a thing. I actually think if Chuba went to the Steelers, there's no one out. Like he would be a hundred times the player Benny Snell could even dream of ever being. I think he's instantly the starter. I really do. And I think he could do well in that offense. Yeah, that, that, that would be a great landing spot for him. Um, He's, he's definitely more decisive. Uh, he, he does not, he doesn't bounce the, the ball out nearly as much as, uh, as ETN. The, the thing that, that kind of knocks him down my board just a little bit is, uh, is the size because you're, you're not talking about someone who's, um, 5'10", 5'9", 208. Um, you're, you're talking about someone who's, who's six foot under yeah. 210 pounds. And so, um, so the, the, the frame, if he if he can if he can protect his body, if he can prove that he that he can handle that workload, absolutely, he's um, he's worth that that hype. He's worth a, a top ten pick in rookie drafts. But the size factor for me for for being a, a three down uh, workhorse is a little bit of a question mark for me. Um, again, I really like him. Similar to to Etn, he's going to have these these big games. He his profiles, everything you love. There's just that that one little thing, and, and last year, we we keep talking about the the interclass comparisons. Last year, you didn't have these guys didn't have that same negative that that same downside. You had um, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift. Uh, these guys fit the role of that workhorse running back, yeah. and, and and very few of these guys. It's a much smaller class, um, like you both said. But but there there's always that one little knock on them. Is it uh, is it Etienne's vision? Is it Chuba Hubbard's um, size? There, there's there are very few like complete prospects in this class. Um, I, I don't hate Chuba. Uh, it, it's it's just the size for me. And and when so I'm what if tomorrow during his pro day, what if he put on a few pounds? Like what if he comes in at two fifteen? Oh yeah, and, and that's a so that's a huge difference for someone that's six foot. It's yeah. it's a bigger difference to be two fifteen than it is to be under two ten, right? And and so for some of these guys, if if they're five ten or smaller, 
I'm okay with them weighing in under under 210. It's a, it's a different body composition. Um, if he weighs in, and I don't I don't uh, recall when his pro day is, but if he if he weighs in at 215 plus, I'm I'm all for it. Like that that makes him a way safer prospect in in my opinion. So um, it's kind of it's kind of incredible how like seven pounds can do that for you. But it's like it is impactful. It's definitely impactful. Um, awesome. So who, who, uh, stands out on tape in the production profile outside of, um, kind of your, your top guys, who are, who are some running backs that, uh, you find yourself wanting to watch over and over and, and ending up on more of your teams in these rookie drafts. So for me, my guy is Khalil Herbert. And I think, uh, when we're talking about like the type of running back we like to watch Khalil Herbert sort of fits that, that mold for me. He he's got great contact balance. Like one of the more understated rushers in this class rank fifth in rushing yards in the FBS this season on 24 uh, ranking 24th in rushing attempts among running backs with a hundred or plus yards. He tied Jared Patterson for the most yards after contact per attempt ranked six with most rush attempts of 15 or plus yards. The dude can just handle contact, but uh, the knocks on him, it's going to be his age. So he's played five seasons, doesn't have a huge touch total because we really just saw him get, uh, you know, a a nice workload over the last season. Um, Didn't have a ton of work in his senior year, uh, went from Kansas to Virginia Tech. Uh, But like the biggest knock on him is that he's, he doesn't catch the ball. He's literally just not used as a receiver. He played five seasons, saw just 48 targets and he wasn't, uh, he was playing that entire time. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of a huge problem, especially at the NFL level. But if you put him in an offense, like I, I think the Cardinals would be like my dream fit for him where he can, uh, you know, get that first, second down goal work and Chase Edmonds can continue to be the the third down guy. I think he could actually be really productive for fantasy. Um, it's just, you know, in, in terms of the receiving upside, it caps him. But I'm really interested to see where he could fit in at the NFL now, level. A question for you, because um, we've seen players with his uh, average yards per carry struggle a little bit. Um, guys like Daryl Henderson and Rashad Penny seeing how he gained his yards and in, in that they were 8.9 yards per carry in 2019, 7.6. Does, does that sort of, and I haven't, I haven't watched nearly enough film on him to, to actually know the answer to this. So this is, this is a, a genuine question. Is, is he actually playing through contact and, and gaining these yards on his own, or is he running through uh, holes that are as wide as the opens the, the, the red sea, you know, like what's, what's <laughs> the, the style sea. What's the style uh, uh, that he's getting these these massive chunks of yards in? No, he's a guy that can absolutely break tackles, and that's what I love about watching him. I I feel like that's been uh, my my type. I like those guys that can uh, withstand contact and keep running. And uh, I mean, he's he's got a really nice low center of gravity. He's five nine, two hundred and twelve pounds. So he's like he's a thick dude. And he doesn't look like he's 5'9", 212. Like he he moves much better than that. But the low center of gravity is just what makes him so fun to watch because, I, I mean, you really feel like he could just run through a, a bulldozer. But 
it's just so hard to see where he could actually fit in, in terms of an NFL offense, unless it, and I don't, we don't even have enough film to as see like how our backup he, is where he'll end up somewhere. I know, <laughs> I'm sure he will, but like, is he a capable receiver? I don't really think we have a big enough sample size to even tell, but clearly he hasn't been utilized in that way, which is concerning. So is it bad that I would let him fall um, undrafted in any rookie drafts? I'm actually shocked wow. you don't like him. I'm not a fan of Khalil Herbert whatsoever. I know you are. So I feel man, like he fits the mold of running back, like our type. But like he has, <laughs> he has no receiving work. That's what you I can't be. You can't be good as a running back in fantasy without it, unless your name is Derrick Henry and you get two thousand rushing yards and nine it, million touchdowns. It's the Ronald Jones problem. Yeah, exactly. Right. Same exact. Uh, I mean, Ronald Jones more productive in college, but similar. Similar big chunk plays, little to no receiving skill, and then he gets to the NFL and struggles because he can't get on the field in, in third down situations. Hey, um, Ronald Jones just won a Super Bowl. And we have to note that <laughs> Herbert really did <laughs> Herbert did nothing until he was like 24 years old and a mm-hmm. bigger boy. I mean, he's not that big, but still 24 years old playing against 18 year olds. Yeah, you should you should get eleven hundred yards. I don't I'm know. just saying watch his I think he's really fun to watch. And I think that in I'll the right in the right situation, like if, if a team plans to utilize him as uh your your goal line back or whatever, yeah, draft him all day in dynasty best ball leagues. Hello. I'm going to talk about someone who can actually be good at the NFL level, <laughs> and that's Trey Sermon. I think Trey Sermon has a better chance yeah. of becoming a real running back yes. with Ohio State. Now, he's just as risky. I'm not going to say he's not. He really didn't get his shot until also he was a senior uh, at the end of his senior season as well. Uh, but he dealt with injuries. He transferred from Oklahoma, finally came with Ohio, and the team was playing Master Teague over him most of the year. And then he finally got a shot there at the end of the season. And when he got a shot, I mean, man, he really blew up. 29 carries, 331 yards, two touchdowns against Northwestern. And then the very next game, 31 carries, 193 yards, and a touchdown against Clemson. And he also put up four receptions for 61 yards. I do think, even though we don't really have the numbers to show that he's a capable receiver I do think he is like he's not gonna be out there running great routes or anything but I think he has fine enough hands he can be used in the screen game uh and then he is exactly our type where he's just breaking tackles left and right so hard to bring down like you can't do it on the first try or with one guy uh he's just elusive I, I really like Trey Sermon I hope he gets the shot I do believe he did enough at the end to be drafted in the third round I'm hoping well and I think the the interesting part for fantasy too, like I think he's going to be underdrafted because uh, he was injured. Uh, like he just got injured as soon as he had like the whole floor to himself. That's the scariest camp- thing about his profile is how much he got injured. Yeah, it's just that's the risk. But you know, a lot of people will say, "Well, it was the offense, Ohio State. Like it's easy to gain a lot of yards there." It's like then why did he look so much better than Master Teague? It wasn't even close to the same. Master Teague averaged four point nine yards per carry. Sermon averaged seven and a half, and they had like nearly the same amount of carries on the season. It, they were two completely different talents, and you can see that Sermon is actually a good talent. He just needs to get the workload. Yeah, and if you look at his breakout age, that technically, in air quotes, his his breakout age was twenty two. But I mean, as a as a freshman, he ran for 744 yards. You, the the thing that I think is hard to realize 
um, in the context of Oklahoma's offense is they use like 12 running backs every single game. And so you have, you, you have him as, as a 19 year old ran for 6.1 yards per carry on 121, uh, rush attempts for, for 744 yards and seven touchdowns. Um, that's, that's really solid for a 19 year old. So, so technically you don't have the, the breakout age because, um, because we, it's some, um, formula where you have to have a certain number of the the touches, but having a a sophomore year at 947 yards is that that's pretty solid. So it's not like this is the first time he's shown flashes. Oklahoma's offense just did not ever feature a running back. Even when you had Joe Mixon as the running back at Oklahoma, he split time with Samaj P Ryan, who is now his now, now Joe Mixon's backup in Cincinnati, you know? And so, so like, the, the context of Oklahoma's offense doesn't lend itself to having a single great running back like that. They're, they're using a lot of guys. And so if you look back at his age 19, his age 20 season, there's a lot to like there. And just like you said, when he was, when he was on um, and, and he was on Ohio state, he was the best player on the field. And there, there was no denying that when he, when he turned it on, when he finally got that chance, he was the best player on the field um for for multiple games there so i really like trey sermon he's uh he's inside my top five running backs um probably just behind uh jermar and i think he's i think he's right in there at five for me um so big big fan of trey sermon um do you have a favorite landing spot for him Oof. i mean of course i want him to be a stealer I just want him to go somewhere that he'll get a lot of work. So Atlanta would be a good spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cardinals would be a good spot. I, I I just want him to get 20 carries a game. I mean, is that too much to ask? I don't think it is. It's, <laughs> no, it's I would hard, say Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta's a great spot for him. Atlanta would be a good spot. Um, I, I think it wouldn't even be bad for him initially to land on the Jets where he's splitting time with a Tevin Coleman because he does have that that injury problem um, in the past and where he kind of gets a, a little bit of time to have a guy that will definitely take some of those carries. Um, I think the Jets would not be a bad opportunity for him uh, either. Um, all right, let's move on to some wide receivers and – there are three wide receivers that I kind of picked out. And then um, you guys have one that, that you really like um, that we'll talk about as well here. But um, just just the the um, discussion on Tamorian Terry, Rondale Moore, and Kadarius Toney, um, those three are very, very polarizing. And you either love them or you hate them. And let's start with Tamorian Terry because I was, I was a hater, um, did not like his hands, did not like... There were a lot of things where it just felt lackluster to me. And then I went back, kind of revisited things, and he impressed me in a lot more ways than I thought. His his route running was was much more solid. He's way more physical than I thought he would be. Um, I was hoping he would run in the four threes, but a four four at his size is, is totally fine. Um, where do you guys fall on Tamori on Terry? I'm actually come somewhere in the middle. So I was a lot like you. I wasn't too high on him. I went back. Now, I didn't see the whole, like, he's super physical. I don't know. He he is big, but he plays like a smaller wide receiver, but not in a bad way. Like, if I was watching him and he was 5'11", 
198 pounds or something like that, I would be like, damn, this dude is good. He plays a lot of those shorter routes. He has the yards after catchability. He has those go routes. He's super, super fast. I mean, he can just run right past you. See, I feel like you're you're holding that against him at his size. I'm not. I'm saying he looks like a smaller wide receiver because also like he just doesn't win with his size all that often. He wasn't really put into those situations to win those contested catches. I didn't see him used too often in the intermediate routes. I either felt like it was go routes or slants. Like his route tree is very, very limited. That has to improve. But that was a big knock on DK coming out. It just felt to me that, I don't know, it, it felt like defenders could press him and stop him when they wanted to. But then he was quick enough to like get those slants and catch after ability. He just, played like a good smaller wide receiver to me which is fine it just was odd watching him I think he's one of the prospects like rolling through the list of receivers um, I feel like he's one of the guys that has a, a relatively high ceiling but I think he's got one of the safer floors like I, I feel like he's just a, a pretty balanced wide receiver I actually disagree with you I feel like he does play tougher like I, I think uh he looks like a big dude. He plays like a small dude, but I, I feel like he is able to exert power over corners and make just strong and, and concentrated catches, which like it, it oh, it, he's really pretty to watch, but it, I think that he, if you guys hear our dog, yeah, crying, sorry. she wants to get into the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's our dog. So sorry. Um, I'm not just that excited that about Tamari and Terry. Um, I think he's definitely an interesting prospect and he's a guy that uh, isn't getting, I think as much hype for the potential. He had a, a good pro day, uh, had a 10, six broad jump. Love that. Um, I, I just think he's a, a bit more dynamic than you might guess for his size. Um, and if he gets into an offense where, you know, they get him the ball. Great. Um, my only question about him, and I don't know that this has been a real uh, discussion, the we the way he left Florida State, I don't know. It, so you read initially like he opted out of the season, uh, but as I've done more research on him, it, it I found a, a ESPN article uh, that said he was having like run-ins with the coaching staff and shouting matches with his wide receivers coach and just some some like stuff that doesn't seem super flattering. So I don't know if that's, that's uh, the reason why he's going to drop in the draft. And I think that's my biggest worry is where is he, where is he going to get drafted? If it's the top three rounds. Okay, cool. Like I'll consider him in drafts. If it's after that. And it's just, it could all just depend on the team he goes to as well. Like, will he get a shot? Because there is teams like the bucks or I keep bringing up my sailors where there's not really going to be a shot for you to get on the field and how well will he t handle that a with his personality or I don't want to like judge him. Maybe he's, yeah, we don't know. Him we personally. don't, we don't, we right. don't really know how he is or what's going on back there, but I don't know if you have to only spend a fourth or fifth rounder on him. If he falls, teams aren't going to feel the need to get him on the field anytime soon. No, that's absolutely true. And uh, so his ceiling is the moon. Like his, the only, I had two knocks on him overall. One was his hands. He had a lot of concentration drops, but at the same time, his contested catch was incredible. You'd see him go up and, and moss a dude. Um, and then his, his release I thought was actually pretty solid, but 
just like you said, he does not run uh, the full route tree. He's a, a deep threat guy. Um, he's a slant guy and he's a little bit of a yak guy. I was, it was actually, um, I was excited to see his, his yards after the catch ability. Um, but his if that does hurt his draft stock and I, that's the, actually the first I'm hearing of it, that's going to be the the big killer of Tamori on Terry because teams are drafting him not for um, the receiver that he is. He's a, a, a solid blocker. Um, they're, they're drafting him for the upside because he definitely has um, to get more polish. He's, he's going to win on deep routes right away, but he's not going to get on the field for other things. He's going to be a, a blocking wide receiver and he's going to be a deep threat wide receiver to start. Um, so he, he definitely has to get into a system where teams are going to use him right away. He's got to get into a, a weaker wide receiver room. Um, he Chicago, would be better, I think, we'd be better than MVS immediately. So absolutely. I know we all say absolutely. Packers for every wide receiver, but right. actually if Terry went there, even if he's a later on pick, I do think he would see the field immediately and he's a better MBS and we've already seen MBS be used by Rogers. He just can't catch a ball. I do think Terry would be the upgrade there. And also right. for anybody who is listening, that might be like a, a Florida state fan. If you're familiar with the situation, uh, this is all me like trying to piece together his uh, well, the, story as a prospect. This and isn't it, like a new thing. No, his but character it, issues have been out there. It, it definitely everything read weird. Uh, like it didn't say like, oh, Tamari and Terry opted out of the season. Uh, no, it said he's no longer with the program like that. It reads different. And I would love to know any more information at FF Ball Blast. If you want to teach me something, uh, any anything extra, I'd love to learn. Yeah, toss that out. That That's uh, that is that is uh, an interesting way to phrase him no longer being on the team. Um but yeah, I, 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 it's he's a he's going to be very polarizing, and you're going to see exactly what teams think of him, um, and exactly how much that matters in a month or so. Um, the next polarizing wide receiver is, uh, from what I've heard, the shortest wide receiver in draft history. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's ever been anyone shorter than him in the NFL. Uh, Rondale Moore coming in at five foot nine, I believe, um, but five running foot seven. Oh, five seven is what it was. Yes. It, it's not been updated here. Five, okay, five seven. He was seven listed and... at five nine. He was listed at five nine. He That's actually great. measured out. It's just five foot seven flat. At first, they thought it was five seven seven. It's five seven flat. That is he insanely short. He couldn't puff up the hair at all, yeah. or put something Man. in the shoes. Like, come on. I know exactly. So, so what do you think about Rondale Moore? Because he's obviously an explosive playmaker, but he's definitely an outlier at his size. And there, there are very few wide receivers that um, end up having success at really sub five, five ten, five nine. But to be five seven, um, even with his his freakish athletic ability, his, his outstanding vertical jump um, kind of makes up for a lot of that. As a as a prospect and, and entering the NFL draft, where do you where do you guys have him ranked, and and what do you kind of see his? I think his upside is is incredible, but what's his floor? I guess. Yeah, so I'll take this one because Rondon Moore is so hard to figure out. I I feel like we all see how great of an athlete he is, and like he can be a really good football player. Uh, I just don't know how consistent he will be. For he's fantasy. so fun to watch. Yeah, and he's oh, so good yeah. after the catch. He plays super strong. Like he doesn't play like a small dude. I don't care about the 42 inch vertical. 
all the players in combine history, or I should say, I only have back to 2003, but all the players over 41 Burt, like the list is disgusting. It's no one that you'd want on your fantasy teams. Like that doesn't matter. Chris Conley. Yeah. And then, but it's like all those types of players. And then you go all the way down 10 inches shorter. You have your Calvin Ridley's and your Cooper Cups and some other players on there who are much, much better for fantasy. Like let's not forget Jalen Rager and Henry Ruggs both ran really fast last year and jumped a 42 inch vertical. It does not mean it's going to be success in NFL or for fantasy. But this is my biggest issue with Rondell Moore. It's the size A, and then also there's a whole other side side of it that would make him an outlier. It's that his yards, uh, his average depth of target was so insanely low, it almost seems impossible to believe. And I, our dogs just really want to be on this podcast today. I'm very sorry. <laughs> our dogs but, do not like Rondell Moore, apparently. So sorry about that. Do you have to edit? Did you edit? <laughs> We'll probably just leave this on because you know we love we love having extra guests on the uh, yes on the show. they are no. they're very passionate about our they're deciding to play right at this moment so I went and shut the door no, but okay right. so this is my thing with Rondell Moore is he had 178 receptions in college throughout his three years 76 of those 178 receptions um, came from targets behind the line of scrimmage so not even. Yeah, behind the line of scrimmage. Another 78 on top of that, on top of the 76, were targets between the one and nine yard line. So that's wow. like pretty much all of his targets. Only 16 of his receptions came intermi- and intermediate routes from the 10 to 19 yard line. Only eight receptions came from 20 yards away. So that's 24 total receptions out of those 178 that came beyond the 10 yard line. That's just... I mean, we don't know what he can do yet. They didn't actually use him as a wide receiver. No, what they used him as a actually, as a return guy in the backfield. Yes. Pretty much like a a running back almost. And I know people will point out to his early breakout age. That's fantastic. He's the he went to Purdue. I'm sorry, there's never talented people at <laughs> Purdue. So Rondell Moore is a freak athlete. He is the most talented guy there by far. You put any other wide receiver in this draft in Purdue their freshman year, they would have had the same breakout. I mean, they actually had competition at their place. And when I didn't know you disliked Rondell more. Than I don't, much. I don't, I don't, because he's insanely talented and he works so hard. Like I'm rooting for him. He looks like such a baller. Like he's, he's doing everything he needs to do to succeed. I hope the best for him, but I don't like the whole breakout age thing. Cause it's, yes, he had 114 receptions as a rookie. That's amazing. Again, no competition. 47 of those receptions came on screen plays. So it's like the whole point of it is to get you open. You have blockers. Well, the whole, the whole 50, thing. 50 more receptions came, or sorry, not more. 50 receptions came behind the line of scrimmage. And 98 of those 114 receptions were from less than 10 yards away. That tells me they want to get the ball in his hands because they know what he's capable of doing after the catch. Like that's what that tells me right there. But it also tells me that uh, we we really have no idea what to make of him. Rondell Moore, I think he's so fun to watch, but hear me out. This is where I can picture us, uh, this discussion leading us in like three years. You know, on Sleeper, when you like scroll really far down and there are just some people that are just like wide receiver or running back eligible, but you would never actually slot them in anywhere. Mm -hmm. I could totally picture that being Rondell Moore and not like that isn't a a knock on Rondell Moore because I love watching him play so much, but 
he's one of these guys that I do think is going to be better for his NFL team than he is for fantasy. And that's not a bad thing. Like it, I think uh, for instance, Curtis Samuel, like he's a very diverse uh, wide receiver. He's got a really diverse skill set, can be utilized out, out of the backfield. I think Rondell Moore is more than capable of that, but is it always going to translate to fantasy football production? No, because it, I mean, if you're using him in the return game, there's just so many things you can do with him. I don't, I, I'm going to pass on Rondell Moore. I love watching him. Like if you haven't watched his tape, just go watch it. He literally looks like once you have the ball in his hands, he looks like a running back and he doesn't look like he's five, seven. He plays like he's much tougher and, but so not only, I just want to say one more thing real quick and I'll let you talk. I'm so very sorry. passionate. I, I know this. this. So, cause <laughs> even at five and then you have the whole five, seven thing. And that's just a whole other outlier. When you look back all throughout the entire NFL history, if you're looking at guy wide receivers who are five, seven or less, there's only been one player in NFL history that had a thousand receiving yards in a season. And it was one time Richard Johnson in 1989. And the most oh, yeah. touchdowns any 5'7 wide receiver had was eight. And if you're looking at someone's entire career, only three wide receivers at 5'7 or shorter even hit 2,400 total receiving yards in their career. 2,400. Wow. And the most touchdowns in the career, 17. That's it. It's just he has to be such an outlier. Even if you bring it to 5'8, then you get Cole Beasley. He's the only one that even hit over 3,000 career yards. That's it. So yeah. I don't, I don't know. That that was so you guys absolutely hit on every single every single red flag I had on him. And so all my this is my first year quantifying uh, film grades, and um, he scored terribly in the size. He had zero deep threat uh, ability. And one thing that I'm trying to differentiate when I when I watch film is their in-game jumping ability. And you never... Rondale Moore can jump out the roof, but they never... He never uses his jump in a game. There's there's no use for it on the field for him because he, either he doesn't have that capability or they just chose not to use him. But if he had that capability, I don't know why they wouldn't have used him like that more. So um, so you, you hit on everything that, that I had for Rondale Moore. Um, he's... He's Tavon Austin's second chance, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I love. And you know, Tavon that's Austin. his favorite player, and that makes me nervous. It's Ooh. funny to say; it's ridiculous for me to be nervous about that. But Rondell Moore says he loves Tavon Austin, and he watches him all the time, and that's his dude. Like, that's who he looks up to, and it's like, no, no, please don't. Like, I don't want you to want to be Tavon Austin. I need you to be better. It, it, it's. <laughs> but I will it's say, such a like, yeah. One thing that uh, was mentioned, we we talked about. Uh, Rondell Moore on our podcast on Ball Blast this week. Um, it was very interesting and eye-opening. Uh, Jake Trowbridge said, you know, Rondell Moore is an inch taller than Tariq Cohen. Oof. Holy yeah. Moses. Like that's but we've seen Tariq Cohen been good for fantasy. If they no, use we him, have. if we if they use him in a running back type role where they're using him out of the backfield and then just peppering him with targets, short targets, he's going to be fine for PPR. And I think that's the only way he ends up being a consistent fantasy producer. But does that he's, not put into yeah. context just how itty bitty? I mean, I think five, seven puts it into context. I know, right. but like when I watch Tariq Cohen, I just want to pick him up with my little fingers and just like, I, this is why players hate fantasy football. Yes. Sorry guys. Yeah. 
Bears. <laughs> He's uh, <laughs> and honestly, your your best hope for him, and, and even even Austin Eckler's a, a stretch because Eckler's two inches taller than he is. But you, but you're hoping for that guy that that's used in the backfield. That's a, a, a Tariq Cohen, just like they tried to do with Tavon Austin. Um, Tariq Cohen was a, a true running back that they transitioned to a little bit more of a, a slot guy, um, in the league. And so you're hoping for, you're hoping that Rondale Moore can, can do the opposite there and do what Tavon Austin kind of failed to do. Um, he's going to probably be too expensive for me to get. Um, he's definitely in, inside my top 10 because I don't know how you can look at his, um, his college production and his, his athleticism and not oh. have him in your top 10 wide receivers, but Again, I don't know that I'll end up with a lot of him on my teams because I'm going to I'm going to pass in, in favor of a guy with a better um, actual size profile there. So I, you, I you, you nailed it, and we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have the Rondale Moore truthers just at our throats after this one. <laughs> I'm um, ready. He's people are passionate about him. Um, last last wide receiver that feels kind of um, polarizing is Kadarius Tony. Um, phenomenal on-field talent like you watch you watch his film and everybody that watches his film from his senior year I'll, I'll clarify absolutely loves him and I was watching him I, I don't have a pro comp for him I, I couldn't think of anybody that really kind of fits the, the same mold as what he does um, but late break, breakout age and and the stats are not necessarily in his favor the the analytics side hates Kadarius Tony the, the film side loves him where do you fall on him I like him. Like, I don't love him, uh, but I really like him. I think he can be a good, a very solid slot receiver. Not bad for the wide receiver, too, on his team. Am I right? (laughs) Right. Am I right? I I, I do think. It's a Pitts joke. Yeah, Kyle Pitts, wide receiver one overall. I want to give Tony a break for not breaking out until later on in his college career because he was a quarterback in high school, all throughout high school. He didn't become that wide receiver until he got to Florida. Then he dealt with a bunch of injuries that just like kind of hampered him and slowed down his process. And once he got his opportunity, he, he did his thing. He's so good after the catch. And I know people knock him because of his route tree or route running, but I saw some awesome routes run by him. They're not consistent, but I, I, you know, he can do it. His cuts are fantastic. He has great hands. I feel like he has everything you need. You just need to mold him. So he needs to go to a team that actually knows how to develop wide receivers. If he goes to the Eagles, just say goodbye to him forever. They, <laughs> I mean, how you go into their team is how you, that's it. You, you They're not teaching you anything there, clearly. Uh, so you're going to be stuck how you were in college. So if he he needs to go to a team that knows how to actually coach. And But I really like Tony. And people, when I say that, I'm not calling him a top 12 wide receiver in the league. I think he you can put him in the slot and he can put up good numbers and he can be a really nice asset to an offense. And people don't want to believe it, but he's going to be drafted in the first round of the NFL. So he's going to have fantastic draft capital. Well, I, yeah, I think like for wild. him – you can't look at him from an analytic standpoint. Cause I don't think like the way he plays doesn't, it just doesn't fit that prototypical wide receiver. So why, why, why evaluate him as a prototypical wide receiver? Like he's very good after the catch. He's one of these guys that I could absolutely picture, uh, not necessarily falling in your rookie drafts because I feel like everybody's caught on, uh, to Kadarius Tony at this point and and NFL he's still teams, falling though. 
how far is he falling? You can get him late second, sometimes early third. He's still falling. okay. That's I actually thought he was going higher than that. Um, I, I don't think he's going to be a, a secret by the time of the draft, but he's one of these guys that like say he did fall into like the late second round, early third round. He's a player that I think has a pretty pretty high upside. Um, not going to cost you a lot, and with like you said, the right team, it definitely could be uh, a very high ceiling play. I I like him. I'm not completely as sold on him as you are. I'm not completely sold on him. I like, so I just, I have around like wide receiver six or seven. Um, I wouldn't even be mad. Like if I saw him at seven or eight on people's um, rankings, I don't know. I, I just think he's a solid prospect. I'm not calling for him to be amazing. I can see him kind of being like Deontay Johnson, but Deontay Johnson, if he was a slot wide receiver, like right around there where he's disrespected, he's a good wide receiver and he's good for fantasy. Like slot wide receivers can be good for fantasy too. They don't have to play on the outside and be a dominant actual wide receiver in the NFL. I like him. I think he's another guy that that steps onto the Packers and is immediately the wide receiver too. And yeah. now, now you're talking. And uh, selfishly, I hope he falls into the the second round of the NFL draft because I think he would be a great replacement for Cordero Patterson on some special teams, um, as well as maybe an Anthony Miller slot replacement because uh, it looks like they're they want to move on from him. So there there are teams out there that are going to have uses for him um he's he's an anomaly he doesn't really fit any any typical wide receiver role um but but there are definitely offenses where he would step in and be easily the wide receiver two on the team um and for that reason be very comfortably a a fantasy asset especially in the deeper leagues um the the yak ability i think is getting more stickier and stickier across these wide receivers where you're getting the wide receivers that are, that are not used, um, not used as deep threats. Um, the guys like Debo Samuel and I mean, AJ Brown is, is a a freak anomaly, but he's another yak guy, George Kittle, another yak guy. And so the yak feels like it's becoming a stickier and stickier stat. And so these guys that, that do kind of jump out in that way, they're way more intriguing to me because, um, teams are, are finally starting to use players uh, to their strengths rather than just trying to, to fit them into a, a prototypical wide receiver role. So Kadarius, Tony, I'm, I have him. Honestly, he's tied with like six guys after my, my film grade. He's right around the, uh, the wide receiver 15, 16 range for me. Um, so you are, you have a much lower than me. I, I definitely have a much lower and, um, and, and I think, I don't know. He, he he catches the ball a little weird. He does have a great um, catch rate. It's eighty three percent for um, for his his senior year, but he does a lot of body catches and a lot of his catches they're not clean. Um, so that was a that was a big kind of red flag for me where uh, where I didn't love that part of his profile. So um, even more like Deontay Johnson then. Exactly right. <laughs> Which Deontay? I actually I actually was talking to someone. Um, side note here on Deontay Johnson. Not concerned about his drops at all. Most of them came after the the concussion, and that definitely has uh, a, a, a takes a toll on your spatial awareness. Oh, wow. um, so interesting. That's good I, to know. You're the first person that's ever brought that up. You that's should tweet that out. That's yeah. great information. I yeah, I said it on, on a clubhouse a, a little while back, and um, nobody had ever thought of that. And I'm like, really? Like, I'll, and and I guess concussions are so so like not 
not well understood, but I mean, when, when was his concussion game two or whatever game three. Yeah, and, yeah. and then all of a sudden he has all these drops. Like he was definitely dealing with um, some spatial awareness stuff. So little, little side note on Deontay Johnson, fully expect a, a bounce back there in the catch rate. That's a fun one. Um, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Too. Yeah. Uh, and, and let's talk about um, Elijah Moore here to finish out the wide receivers. Yes. Uh, he just had his pro day today, ran a blistering 40. Tell me what you love about Elijah. So what I love a lot about Elijah Moore is he is Rondell Moore, except actually a wide receiver and actually two, nearly two and a half inches taller. So 5'9", and I think it was 5'9", uh, four inches or something or four inches, five, nine and four <laughs> centimeters. It's not, it's not tall, but I think it's doable. Like we've seen wide receivers in the NFL actually do it at five, nine, five, ten. Like we, we actually have um, some history there with them, but Elijah Moore, he was an all American high school prospect. Uh, and he was used all over the field at Ole Miss. And no, he didn't get to break out in his freshman year like Rondell, but he actually had some competition there with A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. Like I, I think it's a little bit different of a situation. Uh, but he actually was used long, intermediate, and short. So you've seen him all over the place on that field. He was Ole Miss's offense this past year, uh, had the most uh, receiving yards per game in FBS, even more than Devonta Smith. He killed it. And he is a smaller guy, but he plays extremely tough. Like He doesn't let hits ruin his game like he will not drop that ball he has the stickiest hands i think i'm in this class his hands i I think he puts glue on them he has to it doesn't make sense yes he also is super super fast what do you run today a 434 and even with crazy yeah even with pro day score like you know they're a little bit overdone probably a little bit faster than they should be but even if you put that at a 44445 plenty fast enough uh, put him in the slot at the next level. And I think that's kind of his floor, right? Is if he's just a slot receiver, I think he's going to be an excellent one. I think that's kind of his floor at the next level. But I do think he can be used in the outside um, and in the slot. I kind of see him in that Tyler Lockett type of role, but I actually think he even has a higher ceiling than Tyler Lockett. He reminds me of if you made A.J. Brown in a miniature version. I love I love the mini player comps. That's that's phenomenal. Did you did you guys see his uh, his no gloves against Alabama? No. I mean he he wore he did not wear gloves against Bama, and that's how you know someone. I don't think I noticed the no gloves. Yes, that's how you know someone is confident in their hands. Hands they're going up against the best team in the country, and they willingly choose not to wear gloves. It was and that was the game where he picked the the ball up off the ground like caught it an inch or two above the ground. I think he had another one handed catch um, with no gloves on. So take that for, for what you want. He's uh, jetpack Galileo always talks about uh, arrogant hands. Elijah Moore (laughs) has arrogant hands. He does not, he does not care. He has arrogant hands. um, And, and I love that in a prospect. Um, The other thing that I loved about him, if if you go watch him in high school, um, the, the uh, Nike has the opening and you get to watch all these guys. Um, it was an absolute unbelievable class uh, for, for Nike's opening. And, and you get to watch them doing one-on-ones in high school and see 
how good are they as an actual wide receiver? What do their routes look like um, in high school? He was a phenomenal route runner from high school. Like this is this is not someone who's just learned how to do this. He's been doing this for a long time. He's very nuanced um, in how he actually runs his routes, how he manipulates the field. Um, super super high football IQ there as well. Um, so I, I I'm a big he's one of the Moore safest fan. to like immediately have an impact immediately mm-hmm. get on that field, immediately be, show us what he can do, get us some fantasy points. I, I do just think he's super, super safe. Uh, and think, then he also has a great ceiling. So those are the type of guys I love where it's not like just a safe player and you're like, oh, well, I'll just deal with this. It's like, no, he's going to be safe. And also I have a chance with him to like blow up. Yeah, I think my favorite thing about him, I I have said, you know, a couple of times, like to and Terry, I think, the ceiling's so high, but the floor just feels so safe for Elijah Moore. And the ceiling is still just as high. Like he's just, I feel like he's so polished. I feel like he's just ready to be an NFL wide receiver. And is Elijah Moore the mascot of Ball Blast? I think he should be. I think he should be. Um, <laughs> but he's one of the, like, I'm not typically bold enough to like immediately rank wide receivers as draftable in redraft leagues i i'm always like team no rookie wide receivers and elijah moore is one of the rookie wide receivers that i could actually we say all that and then he's gonna go to the ravens and then we're gonna be like no i was actually really excited because last week i was saying to michelle like i i hope to god like if we saw him in Tennessee with AJ Brown. Yes. So I would nice. love it so much. And then I saw AJ Brown commented on uh, something from his pro day that was like, yeah, I told you the whole time, like come to, come to Tennessee, baby. Yeah, yeah. It would be so, so juicy that that target chair that just became available. I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. He's, he's polished. I, I love Elijah Moore. Um, all right, we hit, we're we're running out of time here. I want to ask your opinion on two quarterbacks, and then we'll sign off. Uh, Zach Wilson and Trey Lance. Um, they're they're kind of the consensus like three four quarterbacks, however you want to put it. Some people have Zach Wilson as high as one. Um, some people have Trey Lance as their quarterback too. So, where do you guys fall on on both of these guys, Zach Wilson and Trey Lance? You want to go first? Uh, yeah. So. Zach Wilson, absolutely love him. He can make some ridiculous throws. Um, He, for me, is a bit safer than Trey Lance. I can't get on, like, Trey Lance at his current price, like in in a super flex league, he's going to be a top five pick, maybe a top three pick, maybe a top two pick in super flex formats. And I can't get on board with the, the risk there at that price for me. I feel like throwing the dice on a guy that has thrown the ball 300 and what 20 times in his collegiate career. Did he do it? Well, yes. He reminds me so much of Lamar Jackson and the way they're able to, to execute runs with him. He's so athletic. He's a stud, but I feel like the, the ceiling is, is so high, but the floor I think could be really low for him if he doesn't go to a team that knows how to unlock his athletic ability. Like uh, the Ravens, they sort of executed their offense based off of Lamar Jackson's talent and uh, his athletic ability. They molded the offense around him. If the NFL, uh, whoever drafts him from the NFL, if they don't do the same thing for him, I think his ceiling is going to be really low. And I would honestly rather 
Mac Jones. Like, I, give me Mac Jones. Interesting. I, I think I, I agree with you there with the actual NFL, but if we're looking at fantasy, I am taking Trey Lance because if he is the Lamar Jackson type, like, he doesn't even have to be as amazing as him. We have just seen, like, even Jalen Hurts last year was so good for fantasy because of the rushing upside. That's all we really need with Trey Lance, and we know he's an amazing rusher. He's just so elusive. And he does remind me of Lamar Jackson that way more than Josh Allen with his running. He's faster and quicker, and he doesn't, like, win. He's not bulldozing over people like Josh Allen is. He feels slippery, though. Yeah, he actually Mm -hmm. evades them like Lamar Jackson. And then also he reminds me of Lamar Jackson in a way where he never threw more than 18 times in a game. And when he did throw, very, very quick decisions. Like, I feel like he knew where he was going to, and the guy was always wide open. I mean, I very rarely had to see him actually make a tight window pass. So it's like, yeah, he was hitting guys. That's great. He didn't have too many turnovers, like like none. And that's fantastic. But he was passing to wide open people because they weren't throwing that often and defense were playing against the run at like all times because they were so scared of him running. He has an insanely strong arm. Like he has the arm to do it. Inaccurate. Uh, like at one point he's passing a dime, like super deep right where it needs to go. And the next moment it's like, what the, what, what happened there? And I guess that's where you can compare him to Josh Allen, but that's comparing him to Josh Allen in 2018, 2019. It's not comparing him to Josh Allen this year. So See, I wouldn't just expect that. Zach Wilson. I think Zach Wilson reminds me more of Josh Allen, 20, like 2019 Josh Allen, than Trey yes, Lance, 40 I, pounds skinnier. That's my biggest issue with Zach Wilson is how skinny he is. And we don't know his weight yet. I think his pro day is either, uh, I think it's tomorrow. Yeah, I think it's So 26. we'll see his measurements. But he... I wish that was somebody's biggest complaint about me. <laughs> She's just too skinny. <laughs> they have him listed at like 207, 209. Like he looks 180 to he, me. He, he looks so skinny. Built like a string bean. Like, uh, but his arm talent is absurd. He can make throws that no one else can in this class, even Trevor Lawrence. Uh, but he had zero competition, no pressure behind an elite, elite uh, offensive line. He could just sit back there all day. So we don't know what his decision making is going to be like. He didn't have too many turnovers, but he had a ton of turnover worthy plays. Like I'd be watching him like, oh my God, that should have been a turnover. Oh, that should like really stupid decisions that didn't end up interceptions uh because of the competition he faced so we'll have to see him get better at that at the next level no give me justin fields over both of these guys all day yeah i'm i it justin fields versus uh zach wilson is a really hard decision for me but it's definitely the safer decision um trey lance yeah he's got a cannon um you're definitely taking for his his rushing upside i think he's the perfect guy to sit behind matt ryan for one more year um, and, and kind of slot into that uh, Falcons offense. Um, definitely, if you're taking him early in a super flex league, you're not expecting him to start. You're you're kind of expecting the Justin Herbert treatment where he's going to go, they're not going to declare him the starter, and then maybe you get him halfway through the season. Maybe you get him um, Maybe a doctor punctures a lung. Who knows? We- right, who, know- who knows? Um, yeah, a little, just a, just a small mistake. Um, puncturing, puncturing, uh, Matt Ryan's lung. No. Um, but, but like, that's what you're, that's what you're looking at is a, a project quarterback that needs more reps that, that definitely has not thrown enough. I mean, he hasn't thrown, uh, an NFL season's worth of passes 
Yeah. That's it, it, which is, which is mind boggling. Um, so, so definitely someone that's more of a project. And I think Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson's the most, or these two really are the most exciting quarterbacks. They do things that others can't. Um, Zach Wilson trusts his arm more than anyone else in this class. Um, he, he knows that he can make, I mean, I've seen him rolling out to his right and then throwing across his body on a rope to someone on, on the other side of the field, on, on the left side of the field. And he just trusts his arm. And I kind of like that in a quarterback, someone that, um, that, that displays that, that sort of confidence that thinks, okay, I can fit this ball in here. Um, because that's, that's someone that knows that their arm talent is legit. Um, he, he's willing to take risks and, um, it's not that it's not that these guys like like Russell Wilson and Pat Mahomes never throw interceptions. They just they just trust their arm talent a lot more. And I'm not comparing him to Russell Wilson or Pat Mahomes before anyone um, kills me here. Uh, but there it's, were a couple of passes that I felt like they were so the, Mahomes. Those are Mahomesy yes. type passes where a lot of quarterbacks can't make them when he's off balance and throwing like sideways and then the sidearm yes. and it's just such a strong pass exactly where it needed to go. Like he has all the talent in the world. I'm really excited to see him at the next level. Like really excited. Yeah. Yeah, oh, me, I cannot wait. I want him in every single draft because there are, there are guys that you're like are, are safe picks, but there are guys that are exciting picks. And Zach Wilson, again, this is not a Patrick Mahomes comparison, but Zach Zach Wilson gets me excited like a Pat Mahomes prospect got me excited. Where you see the arm talent, you see um, just how confident he is, and and that's the sort of that's the sort of excitement that I feel with. Zach Wilson here. Um, and you know, it's, it's, he's got so much going for him. There's, there's just a handful of things that you have question marks. Um, just like, just like any prospect, but he's, he's someone that I I'm definitely going to have on a lot of teams here. Um, do you guys have any, any closing thoughts? Thanks for coming on. Um, that, that, that takes us through, I mean, tight end, there's really not much to say outside of the Kyle Pitts, right? There's, Wide receiver one. And if you don't like him, then you're just being picky. You're being contrarian to be contrarian, and it's not an actual good take. No. So, so yeah, I think that's that's uh, when it comes to tight ends this year. It's that's that's what you got to know. Thank you so much for having us on. This has been so fun. Yeah, absolute blast. Um, Love everything that you both are doing, um, and, and and really appreciate you taking time out of your out of your night to come on the show. This should be released in the morning. So hopefully everything that we said tonight, uh, today's the 25th and, and everything that happens tomorrow, the 26th, you'll be getting it, uh, right on time. Um, anyone, a- anything you, you want any, everyone to know and, and check out before we, we leave or, uh, or, or do we kind of hit, hit everything in the beginning? I think we hit it. Check out fallblastfootball.com. Check out the podcast. Uh, even if you've checked it out before and you haven't checked it out since we added Jake Turbridge, uh, you need to do that because I, he's like editing the podcast. I've started giggling and it's kind of creepy uh, because <laughs> he's just so funny. Like I, I absolutely enjoy working with him, but uh, keep an eye out for, for all the cool stuff we're doing. Uh, really excited for the work you guys are doing. You're crushing it. Uh, and thank you so much for the film room. Cause I feel like, you need to start charging that at some point. You gotta, you gotta start taking our money. 
We're, we're definitely going to keep the film room as a free resource. We have a rookie draft guide that's coming out here that will be our first ever paid product. Um, it's going to have um, a bunch of different analytical models, uh, player comparison tool, um, quantified film grades, uh, film breakdowns for prospects. It, it is going to be everything the film room is right now. Multiply that by by 10 to 20, and that's kind of what we're trying to put together for this, this rookie draft. Um, profile and and uh page so that's that's going to be our our my one uh pitch for for our paid product that's coming out um our tier two patrons get complimentary access to this um and they get uh they get um free looks into kind of what's going on um and and uh previews for all the the draft grades and the uh the previews on, on what this thing actually looks like it's i'm i'm unbelievably excited the more i see how this is coming together, the more excited I am because it's like, it's way cooler than, than the film room we have right now. It's, it's like so much cooler than, than that. I'm super excited. So, um, so yeah, shout up. out to, we'll be there. shout out to Ryan Keeney, um, for putting that one together too. I, I cannot shout that guy out enough. He's, he's outstanding. Um, awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on again. Um, make sure you check them out at FF ball blast at ball blast M. Um, and uh, yeah, stay tuned for for everything that they're they're putting together. Absolutely crushing the game. Um, so Kate, Michelle, thank you again. Um, we're the fantasy football astronauts, and we're blasting off again. <laughs>